Welcome to episode 49 of Your Brain On God, 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 God. God, I know what you've been thinking in your heart. Man, I've been waiting for another episode of Your Brain On God, and it is here. We are sorry for the wait, but we've got a new series for you, our thoughts series fruit of the spirit our thoughts on series our thoughts on that's good daryl amazing rhyming over there uh we're starting out with the core fruit of the spirit love listen i know we've had some episodes on love but nothing like this you've ever heard before this one is all about how the spirit produces love in our lives and how that encompasses every other uh fruit of the spirit in galatians 5 22 so we're really excited for this series and excited for this episode and excited that you're listening make sure to follow us on youtube spotify itunes instagram all of the above pick e all of the above enjoy the episode well i suppose we should start this new series by reading the scripture that we're going to be talking about the entire time yeah yeah read the scripture galatians chapter 5 Verse, I start from right here, so I say, yeah, 16, 16, yeah. 16 through 23. It's going to be a bit of a scripture reading for us, all the way to 26. Okay, you want me to read the whole thing? Okay, all right, 25. I'll read the whole thing, Daryl, it's fine. Or, yeah. All right, it says, Paul says, in the letter to the Galatians, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants, and the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, heaviness, enviness, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, and this is what the episode in the series is about, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Firstly, love. I added the firstly love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there's nine things right there there is no law against these things those who belong to christ jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there since we are living by the spirit let us follow the spirits leading in every part of our lives let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another If you haven't gathered already by the intro and by what we just read, we are doing a Fruits of the Spirit series. We thought it was important to talk about the kind of fruit that every believer uh, should be walking in. Yeah. Yeah. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit, baby. Should I read verse 22 again since that's the the main? Okay. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. There's nine things right here. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. We want to go through um, the next... Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll do nine episodes. Maybe we'll combine some. But uh, but definitely want to go through the next couple of episodes talking about these nine things because uh, I think they're really important. Yeah, very important. And the first one we're talking about is love. It's love. Now, we've had episodes on love before. We did a series on love. We did a whole series. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really important thing, and that's why we're talking about it again. And I think it's also different to talk about it as In- a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Versus just like we talked about the psychological aspects of biological. We've talked about love in relationships, which kind of plays into this. But I think it's it's different to talk about it as an essence of the spirit producing um, 
love yes. in our lives. Yeah. And this specific love is in the Greek the word agape. Yeah. Which if you had listened to the other series on love, you would have heard of the other Greek words for love that we can read throughout scripture, but they are saying and meaning different things slightly. So this one is agape, which is about unconditional love. It's not about feelings. It's not about relational connection. It's not about things that we really like or enjoy. It's an unconditional kind of love. I think the fruit of the spirit, though, to kind of frame all of our conversations. Yeah. Uh, it's important to talk about that for a little bit. So to start off, <clears throat> what does it mean for something to be a fruit of the spirit? We might ask ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have you asked yourself that? <laughs> <laughs> and in my mind, I, and it's in conversation, Aaron, we we're just talking about this too, but I think that it being a, a fruit of the spirit means a couple of things. And one of the big things is that it's not something we do ourselves. Yeah. That the f- fruit is attached to something much greater than itself. Mm-hmm. Fruit comes from something else. It is not a, a source of its own. Mm-hmm. So a, a tree, an apple can't just become an apple. It has to come from an apple tree. Yeah. And just like that, the fruits of the spirit can't come from ourselves, mm-hmm. but it comes from the spirit. And so the spirit is the one that produces the fruit within us that we can't right. force these things to happen. We can't uh, fake these things to happen, Yeah. but staying connected to the spirit is really what brings these characteristics and these fruits about in our lives. Yeah. I think it um, touches on something. I mean, I really had an idea about our own existence. (laughs) I mean, if you, that's based on what you believe about human nature, if you Mm -hmm. have a spirit, you know, uh, especially if you're Mm -hmm. a believer, you don't just believe that you have a spirit but that the spirit of God actually makes residence in you. Right. And yeah. and what scripture talks mm-hmm. about is that the script that Jesus or the spirit has actually placed his, I mean, the word is actually seed and first John uses seed, <laughs> right. which is, um, you know, similar to an offspring. Right. Um, and so that's been planted in us to bear fruit mm-hmm. in, in our lives. And I think, um, I think from the biblical or Christian perspective, humans, um, are made in the image of God, but because of the broken and fallen world, we we can't, and we were never meant to bear fruit uh, on our own. <laughs> you know, it, like to to be good on our own, and you can see that pretty clearly reflected in our societies and the ways that we've operated is usually not in these these fruits, right? Yeah, and well, so people can still be loving or have joy. Yeah, have be peace, kind. Yeah, I think that's. Kind. Yeah, for sure. But it is different. Yeah. I think. I don't know, is that arrogant to say? No, I don't <laughs> I don't ignorant? think I don't think that's arrogant. I think we, you know, we talked about it with Chris Anderson yeah, in our no. last episode, you know, and he said like, you know, he was an atheist and he loved and at least thought he loved and then he met Jesus and he realized and he realized it yeah, wasn't the same thing. It wasn't the same thing. There's a different level of love because what the spirit does is when the spirit actually transforms you, it transforms how you see other people as well. Yes. And so no longer do we see people according to the flesh, at least that is the goal, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But to see people through the eyes of Christ, which makes love because God is love, a whole different ball game right uh it stops becoming about like you said necessarily the feelings or it it stops becoming about like oh i just love my family or i love the people that are good to me right the human perspective or human wisdom is love is not loving people who don't love you back it's forget them why would it that doesn't even make sense to me right but god's like love your enemies you know right (laughs) and he makes that pretty clear so i think it does change the way that we love when you have like the seed of the spirit living in you i think that changes how you love yeah actually being within us doing the work right yeah and i I think that's that's why it's a different conversation about love too that we're having is because it's like now we're talking about this love is actually cultivated and grown not of our own selves right we we partner with the spirit but like you said it's a fruit right yeah and and an apple doesn't just show up and exist it actually is you know it was once planted it once was a seed it didn't even necessarily exist until it came from the tree so yeah and it's something that we have to be dependent on the spirit for 
Yeah. And the closer we get to the spirit, like in the first think verse 24, it says like to walk in line in step with the spirit, stay in step with the spirit, follow Mm -hmm. the spirit in everything that you do. Paul says in verse 16, I think. Yeah. And uh, it's that that makes the fruit possible on a consistent basis. Right. It's staying in step with the spirit. And then we see the fruits in our lives show up consistently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's in the times, if we reflect on our lives, we probably would recognize that when the, those fruits weren't there, we probably weren't very mindful of what the Spirit was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it's uh, when we when we walk in accordance with the Spirit, those fruits are more likely to be present. Right. Yeah, yeah and I, I love what we, what we just read. I guess it was on the uh, Blue Letter Bible or whatever it was. It was explaining the word of like fruit oh, bible right? hub bible hub mm-hmm. or, um but it actually being god like almost manifesting himself through, through us, us. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right? which is crazy yeah. that's a big thought <laughs> <laughs> which is wild too i i think um uh bill johnson says that like god wears us like a glove <laughs> which sounds kind of funny <laughs> but uh we're basically uh god suits god suits oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh you, or some, you can build some weird cults off yeah, of that yeah you definitely could we but, are all god but suits. it says the scripture does say maybe in uh better terms that we're temples right of yeah. the holy spirit right that yeah. we're actually you know conduits for the spirit of god to come in transform our own lives align our spirits or where it says in scripture that our spirit is joined with his spirit right mm-hmm. so that we actually transformed our mind actually agrees with our spirit we become more like the spirit that's now inside of us and because we're agreeing with the spirit that's inside of us we choose to release the fruits of those spirit of that spirit in our lives right yeah and i think um and, and that's yeah that's wild <laughs> yeah you know it's also interesting in the language that paul uses and he talks about the desires of the fle- of the flesh versus the fruit of the spirit and the desires of the flesh are things that like we are inside of us that are you know trying to gratify ourselves yeah for like things that we want to to take or to take in mm-hmm. or the things that we're putting our thought to and we are trying to make action towards but the fruit of the spirit it's like something that just happens yeah it's which is a uh it's a strange contrast because in one sense we're not responsible for it Mm. (laughs) but then in another sense we are we have to partner with the spirit but then at the same time it's not us that it's making the fruit possible right 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 right. for it to be there i just thought it was a yeah it is interesting i mean it's kind of like that passage in romans 6 that says the wages of sin is death but the free gift of god is eternal life like there's this there's this difference here of like of, of almost like death is what you earn. <laughs> yes, we earn death, and then you that's get what it. we can achieve. But God wants to give you a free gift, and it's like yeah. it's like uh, almost that with the flesh. It's like this is actually like what apart from me you desire in a way or something, yeah, or your totally. desires lead to. You know, like right. just following your own desires, you know, following your own desires, following your own passions, it leads you down this path of, I mean, and it, I don't know how many it lists here. It's more than nine, it seems like, uh, but yeah. yeah, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, all those things. And he also says, and things like this, he's like, this is not an exhaustive list. <laughs> right. Basically is what he's saying, right? Like living, ri- living apart from that spirit, living without the, uh, I guess being attentive to the seed that has been planted within you, mm-hmm. it, it causes a bunch of stuff. I mean, I I, I could see this in probably a day of my life, yeah, you know, like right. it based on how I start my day. You know, if I start my day with connecting with Jesus and and jumping into the spirit and inviting the spirit to produce his fruit in my life, mm. then it's like, it seems like I'm already more attentive. I think that's what Paul's saying in walking right. in, or keeping in step with the Spirit is being attentive to what the Spirit is doing and what He desires, what He wills to yeah. do in your life. When I don't do that, it's like I'm like I start numbing out on things. I start uh, just like I don't know spacing out. I like uh, I'll have like little flurries of these weird insecurities anger it, mm. it, it like happens pretty quickly i noticed that in a day <laughs> right i yeah, don't know if yeah. you do but <laughs> and it seems to happen pretty quickly for yeah me. totally yeah. you can yeah. notice when you are paying attention or not paying attention to like what the spirit's doing versus just getting caught up in what's going on in the moment right and that uh, i heard a, a pastor teach 
on that word, you know, keep in step with the spirit. And it's, uh, the same language that's used for like military marches. Like everyone needs to be marching exactly the same. You can't make a distinction between one person's step and the other person's step because you're walking exactly the same way. Wow. And so as we try to do that with the spirit, like actually walking in sync with the spirit, only moving as the spirit moves and doing what the spirit's doing. Yeah. It's like, that is what Jesus did. Yeah. That's literally. <laughs> so I, I, I only do what my father's doing. I only I say, say what, what my father's saying. Right. Yeah. And it's, that is a high, a high goal to, but it is something that we're all called to is to pay right. attention. And we can't do that if we're not paying attention to the spirit. Right. If we're just living our life and doing whatever and, you know, paying attention to our desires, we end up with all this brokenness. But when right. we pay attention to the spirit, we actually end up with the fruit of good, wholesome, healing, life-giving things. Right. I, I think a, a big problem is uh, we don't want those things sometimes. <laughs> like we don't want peace. Well, well I, no, think, I, think I think that we do want those things. Yeah. But it's been like, but, we go, but the ways by which we get it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like right. we go do make bad decisions because we're trying to get peace. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're going to do something because we're like the patience. Patience is like being okay with the way the situation is. Right. Right. And just and you just wait. We don't do that. We don't sit there because we want the situation to be the way that we want it to be. But we can be patient when we're fine with accepting something. Right. Mm-hmm. And we can just sit in it. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't always want the fruit of the spirit, but right. I feel like oftentimes the things that lead us to do make bad decisions are coming from a place where really we want the same result that the fruit of the spirit would give us. Right, right, right. I, I well, I guess then the fruit of the spirit is harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I, I, you know, uh, we were talking beforehand, like, and we looked it up. It takes like three years for an olive tree to even bear fruit. You know, mm-hmm. to even to even come to fruition, I feel and I feel that in my own life, like the transformation is a slow process, right. and for love or at least the experience of love, I think we'll settle for quicker, even if they're pseudo experiences of love, we'll settle for things that are quicker, mm-hmm. right? Because the transformation of a seed into a tree is a long process, just like the transformation of me living in my flesh in into my spirit is is a process, right? It's a process right. of uh, of growth. And also, I think there's a distrust, and I'll just be honest right here, a distrust of the spirit to be able to provide the fullness of those fruits in my life. Hmm. You know, like, it, it's like, well, I could do it better myself, which is a result of the flesh, right? Not living according to the spirit, right? right. I could get this love quicker, so I'll run into sexual immorality or whatever. It's like, I, you know, I'm going to get mine, so I run into quarreling or whatever. I put other people down. Whatever the fruits that aren't of love or are of the flesh, like you said, I think it is. We're trying to attain the fruits of the spirit without the spirit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up being broken. Like we yeah. end up being broken. Other people end up being hurt. Yeah. But we could focus on the spirit. And that's just, this is the, like, the hard thing I think about the fruits of the spirit is we want the fruits of the spirit. And so we think, okay, now I'm going to desire the fruits of the spirit. And so we try to get the fruits of the spirit. Right. But, which means, okay, I'm going to try to love. I'm going to try to be kind. I'm going to try to be patient. I'm going to try to be gentle. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to be self-controlled. But really, what <laughs> if it's truly a fruit of the spirit, then what we need to do is desire the spirit yeah. and get closer to the spirit. Yeah, and then yeah. by getting close to the spirit, we start loving more. By getting close to the spirit, we start yeah. being more patient. By being close to the spirit, we show kindness. We're more self-controlled. We're more faithful. Right. And we're more gentle. There's more goodness coming from us. Right. But it's not by trying to be good. It's by being close to the spirit right. and walking in step with the spirit. Yeah. And I think that is what it means to be walking, I mean, to, to have the fruit of the spirit in our lives yeah. is we need to be focused on the spirit. And from that place, these things start to show up. Yeah. Not from us trying to make these things show up. So how do you do that? You get close to the spirit. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm asking. How do you get close to How do you get close to the spirit? Cause you're talking about getting close to something intangible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it can become tangible and obviously fruit, the fruit in our lives becomes tangible, uh, charitable acts of love, you know, of, of peace and patience on all these fruits. They, they become tangible, but how do you connect with, with something intangible? I think that's the problem for a lot of people is connecting with you is sometimes a lot easier because you're a physical being in front of me and I can hear you directly than actually keeping in step with somebody who's invisible and sometimes even feels elusive. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that, I mean, at least for me personally, it's a matter of me of where my attention is. Where right. do I put my attention? Right. And what question questions am I asking? Am I asking what can I do right now? Or I'm asking, what are you doing right now? You're like, what is the spirit doing right now? Mm. And in a situation, I'm asking, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? Yeah. Rather than what can I do right now? Yeah. You know, and like a shift in perspective, a shift in where my attention and my focus goes, hmm. at least that for me helps me not be caught up in whatever's right in front of me, but to be aware and to try to be aware of what the spirit's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think spending close, um, spending time with Jesus it's simple you know, things, yeah yeah john 15 5 jesus said i am the vine you are the branches abide in me right. and you will bear you will bear fruit right right and so when we do those things by spending time with him spending time in his word getting to know who he is praying just being still and present with jesus mm-hmm. i think those are things that we can do to get close to the spirit right and that as we do those things our lives are transformed yeah i have a question it, i promise it applies uh, do you think that we're uh, earthly beings having like spiritual encounters or spiritual beings having earthly experiences? <laughs> <laughs> uh, why not both? Both? We can be spiritual and earthly beings. At, at the same time, yeah. Right? We are but is there a, the is there a the prime? Is, do we have a primary form? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. Well, I think that if we if we get into conversations like we are spirit and we have a body, then we start disconnecting from some things of right. creation where right. God said, God created all of creation and said, it's all good. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, what? It's all good? Like he, every time he, when he created oh, in the okay. story of creation, he creates and said, it's good. I thought you said creation's just saying, it's all it's good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah and the creation said it's all it's good. all good <laughs> no not. god created us to be right you know here he created us put us on and and he said it is good right and i uh i don't know i think that we are both i think that yeah. we are we are we are physical and spiritual right beings yeah you know well, could, the reason that I'm asking that is I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's both. Otherwise, you get into some gnostic or dualistic sense of like where you just become humanistic or you become way overly spiritual and not connected to any human beings on earth. Um, but yeah, I think it can be easy to separate to become yeah. Yeah, God was fully uh, human, fully or yeah. Jesus was. I don't fully claim human to know the full truth of of, of any of these <laughs> of, things of any question. But, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is knowing that you have the capacity to connect with spiritual things Mm, mm -hmm. that belief changes the way you're going to think about anything we're talking about here right yeah because if you are purely humanistic and there is no spiritual aspect everything is physical or material this isn't gonna help (laughs) right yeah (laughs) yeah but but i think my my core belief is that i was drawn from god (laughs) Right. Like I was, I was formed from God. Like he knitted me together. He breathed his spirit though. I'm made of dust. Right. He breathed his spirit into me. Yeah. Right. And then comes to dwell in me. And also I have tons of scriptures rattling through my minds of, of access into his throne room and access to his spirit and, you know, like that he's, he's available. God is available. And that changes what this even means for me, keeping in step with the spirit. You know, because if there's something, if there's a divide between me as a human and heaven and the spirit, it's going to change even my capacity or or my desire to to want to jump into that. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I think totally. that that because you're talking about spending time with God, you're talking about walking a step, keep paying attention. All of that is predicated upon the idea that you believe you can connect with heaven. Yeah. Oh, like absolutely. You, you can connect with Jesus, right? And I think yeah. I think that's a that's a big marking even of this is you are not just you know what I mean your desires. We're not just a physical desire no. being. Yeah. You're yeah. not just your flesh. You're not just like what your mind is craving or what your body is craving. You're something more. You know, like you're something more, you're something that's connected to the spirit of God that can walk in step with the spirit of God and can manifest the fruit of the spirit of God, which, which honestly is a different framework of living. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different framework of living. 
I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> After all that, I guess you're right. Yeah, no, I think that it is. I guess, if, yeah, we think that we can't commune with God, or if we think that we are, there's no spirit to us, you know, no spiritual aspect, right? Or, or that I don't know, even that spirituality is something that is not innate within us. It could be harder to to um, relate with that idea. Yeah. But I think that we are innately spiritual beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. always I have do. been. It seems like, yeah, right. Yeah, I do. I would say that. <clears throat> um, okay, so let's actually jump into love here. I think we've talked enough about the fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, fruits of the Spirit. Yeah, so obviously, okay, so all of this to say is it's predicated upon the fact that we believe that we're human beings that can have access to, obviously, the Spirit. As a believer, as a Christian, we believe that the Spirit has filled our hearts so that and can actually bear His fruit out of our lives, which is these nine things. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're I looking just, at love, me like no, I just love how like we're going to like the very uh having a very foundational conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. I think it is and important. And it's just I don't I, it's like a conversation I don't have often. So what does it actually mean? How does the fruit of the spirit come into me and come out of me? <laughs> it's not a conversation that we have every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just fun. I thought you were looking all, at me like what, what do you see? <laughs> I'm like, am I making sense? So, yeah. So, so we're having a connection with the spirit of God, mm-hmm. which again is there's a, there's a, cause there's a lot of, um, like predications. Is that the right word? I don't know. Like ideas Presuppos- that we presuppositions, presuppositions that we already have about what that is. Right. God is pure goodness. He's, he's light. He's good. Right. It's, it's Jesus. It's, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and so we have all these presuppositions that maybe for those of you listening, you, you haven't fully come to that realization yet. I don't know. Yeah, No, that's a great point. So we're also speaking from that point. Okay. So coming from that framework, the first fruit here is love. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. And I don't know the full backing. Paul, who's writing, is a Hebrew of Hebrews, he says. He says. But, I, <laughs> but I know that lists, at least I've heard that lists are very important. You know, how they actually list things, um, sometimes they're in order of significance. significance mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Putting them putting them first. I know that we do that even today, you know, priority list, you put the first things first. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I personally believe that there's a reason that that love is the first of these nine fruits. Um, because it seems like this is, this is step one, right? (laughs) It's like the most obvious of the fruits of the spirit is going to be love. Right. And not, and not just even step one, but the, the step, framework for the everything framework else. for every other step is love. So it's the first and the beginning of all of the other ones, yeah. you know? Um, and so Paul writes that it produces love. And so, yeah, we want to talk agape. about agape, agape, unconditional, yeah. selfless love, mm-hmm. selfless love. Yeah. Do we want to read first Corinthians? Yeah, we could read First Corinthians. I, I mean, the scripture talks about what this love is, and it says that it's kind of the highest goal. I love First Corinthians thirteen, which is the same author, Paul. Paul, yeah, who said, "Loves the fruit of the spirit." Also, thankfully to the Corinthians, gave us his inspired by God definition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> of what agape is. Yeah, and he's talking about the gifts of the spirit. You know, apostles and prophets and teachers and those who work miracles and gifts of healing and all of this different kind of stuff. But then he says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Yes, that's uh, so awesome. <laughs> it's like you could go after all of these amazing gifts and talents, but let me show you a way of life wow. that is best of all. Better than prophesying yeah better than better than working miracles and working miracles and healing and and healing (laughs) is love and you know he goes into you know i could do all of these things but if i don't have love i'm basically nothing and then he explains love in probably one of the most well-known passages on love on the i don't know maybe on the planet uh but verse four love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand on its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. 
It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. And he says later on, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So I, I think Paul's on board with our claim <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, that love is the greatest way of life and it is the highest goal of, I would say, Paul would say, of humanity <laughs> Yeah, is to walk in love. Now, a lot of people have different ideas of what that looks like and how that actually manifests in our lives. But the importance of love mm-hmm. is pretty is pretty Universal. universally agreed upon. Yeah. That is a great ideal. <laughs> it, gloving is a great idea. Yeah, there's not many people that would say that love is not a good idea. Yeah, right. It's like yeah. and whether you're regardless of beliefs, right. Typically, people will say love is something we should all strive for. Right. No matter what religion, even if you don't have a religion. Right. It's like love is what the world needs. Yeah. There's songs about it. So there's Every song is about it. <laughs> there are poems about it. Every song is about it. Yeah, Most every all. song is about falling in love or, you know, what happens after love or experiencing heartbreak because of love. Yes. Everything's about love. And so we can pretty much all agree that love is important. Yeah. Perhaps the most important thing. Right. I think the the problem obviously comes with the ideas of, of what that what actually means and where that, where that comes from. Yeah. What is love? And what does it mean for it to be a fruit of the spirit? And what does love look like? Perhaps even as a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. So what is love? What should we talk about first? What is love? (laughs) What does love look like as a fruit of the spirit? It's such a, it's such a broad (laughs) thing. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that we can give, okay. So, I mean, we did do a whole podcast series, a multiple part series on, kind of different definitions of love and love a couple of things that I think about and things that we had mentioned before is like, uh, love is a process of meeting needs. Mm-hmm. That's a phrase that people say, uh, which sounds really bland <laughs> for, my, for my Enneagram seven. Love is the process of meeting needs in a very basic form. I think that it is at like the base level. It's a lot of it is about that. It's paying attention to other people's needs, being aware of other people. Yeah. It's um, prioritizing other people. I don't think, it, and not in, it does, this doesn't mean like a self deprivating kind of way, but deprecating? Deprecating, yeah. Deprecating. <laughs> <laughs> self deprecating kind of way, but in a giving, still in a giving way. Yeah. Right? It's, uh, it's valuing others. Yeah. It is listening well to others. Uh, it's trying to understand someone else's perspective, someone else being seen, you know, actually trying to see the other person. Yeah. And in those moments, I think that's why Paul can say love is not irritable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because when we are in that posture of, I want to do what I can to, to make sure this person is valued and taken care of, then we're probably less likely to be irritated by what they're doing. Yeah, it's, I think it's primarily others focused. Yeah, it's primarily others focused, and that that is um, that is contrary to a, what we desire. Sometimes, you know, we right. want we want to meet our own needs and survive. You know, mm-hmm. and then love kind of gets your mind on like you're out of survival mode. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like to focus on another that doesn't even necessarily make sense. It's like I got to get mine. I'm trying to figure out my own life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I think it. I think it calls for us to, um, yeah, to meet the needs of another. You know, and to focus on the needs and even consider them more highly than yourself. Right. I think that even considering the needs of somebody else is sometimes things that I need to remember to do. You yeah. know, it's like, well, let me think about what somebody else needs as well. Not just think about myself or go about right. my day doing my own thing. Right. But what does this person need that, you know, I'm about to cut off? What does this person need that, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but thinking about other people, 
is right. something that in and, in and of itself can be a challenge sometimes. Yeah. It's just thinking about another person, thinking about what they need, considering the other. Right. But it is uh, necessary. That is absolutely necessary. There is no love without that. Yeah. You cannot love without considering someone else. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I mean, we've gotten a lot of false views of love. We talked a little bit about that on the podcast or maybe a lot of it. You know, we talked a lot about what we've received as kids growing up, um, mm. which uh, was supposed to be love, but wasn't always mm-hmm. actually love. Um, and I think that that kind of brings some, in some confusion about what what love actually looks like, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that's why uh, love becomes so inward all the time, mm. you know? Um, the lack of receiving it as a child perhaps keeps us focused on receiving it rather than pouring it out, you right. know, rather than actually focusing on other people. And then it seems like when there's lack in our source of love in life from parents or friends or childhood, whatever traumas, different things. Um, most of our ideas of love are just focused on trying to get it. Mm, <laughs> wow. We grow up not having, not really having proper love and so we spend the rest of our lives trying to find it trying to find it trying to get it yeah take it trying to find it different ways you know and i think again this comes back to the framework of where this love actually comes from because romans 5 it's like it's like the holy spirit has filled your hearts with his love Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and then you're looking you're relying on scriptures like god is love right and he's perfect love and all of the love that I could ever receive is first received by him. And if we're looking to try and satisfy our love from past experiences, I don't think we're ever going to find it. I mean, I've tried for a long time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even to right wrongs of the past and try and better mm-hmm. relationships, there's still something missing. Like there's a desire in our hearts for this perfect love and then scripture's like, he loved us first, you know? Yeah. And that's why we can that's why we can love. I think once you get your love tank filled, you know, uh, you can start focusing on other people, you know, and I think that's what gives us the, even the ability. I think that's why the spirit produces love in the first place, is it's like because the spirit fills our hearts with his love so that we even have the capacity to love. Right. <laughs> and that should be the thing that comes out of us. Right. That's the first thing that comes out of us. Yeah. And you said it earlier that it's the love is the highest thing that we could ever achieve. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that wasn't an Aaron Russ original, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was really profound. Trade, trademarked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already copyrighted it. So don't you dare, don't you dare try and uh, yeah, use it. But it's, uh, it, it so is, and it's so easy for it not to be a priority sometimes. Yeah. It, you know, it's like when we get irritated or when we get tired or when we're exhausted or growing impatient or really hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's easy for love not to be the goal in our yeah. mind and the thing that we're focusing on mm-hmm. because something something else is happening where we're focusing on our own desires, right? right? Like Paul was saying, we're focusing on the, the gratifying nature, the desires of the, of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But... It is, it is also always accessible because in every moment we can choose to walk with the spirit. Right. Every moment we can choose to step into love. Right. Even when we don't feel like we have the capacity to. Right. And even when we don't feel like exactly when we have the capacity to, which I think is maybe part of the importance of recognizing it's a fruit yeah. of the spirit. Right. It's a fruit of the spirit. <laughs> it's yeah. not a fruit of ourselves. Right. And so we don't have to be in this place where we feel like we want to love somebody. Right. Or we feel like we know how to love this person because it's a fruit of the spirit. And when we can lean into that, then love is accessible to us. Mm-hmm. And love is always accessible because the spirit of God is accessible. It's in accessible. fact, the spirit of God is within us yeah. as believers. Yeah. And so the fruits of the spirit are always accessible to us. And in the moments of frustration or confusion or anger or tiredness, you know, and exhaustion and at the end of the day or early in the morning, 
we always have love as an option. Right. And we could tap into that. Yeah. And it's, it is the agape love, right? It's not just whatever language, whatever uh, ideas we've attached to the English word love. Mm -hmm. It is specifically that Paul's talking about agape. And that is an unconditional love that's not attached to anything else. Doesn't matter what we want or don't want. Right. That's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. It's the superpower of a Christian life. Is agape. Is agape. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You should trademark that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to trademark that. Don't you dare. (laughs) The superpower of a Christian. Love. (laughs) The love man. My new book coming out this fall. The superpower of a Christian life. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's something that I think is uh, good to remember and easily forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) That love is always accessible Uh to us. Yeah. And we can always walk in it. We can always tap into it. We can always tap into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, there can be a temptation to always look for different answers, you know, like I think the Beatles had it right or John Lennon had it right, you know, (laughs) that, that all you need is love, you know? Um, but, uh, but to, to be able to always tap into that space, it really is a, a supernatural experience, you know, uh, uh, when you're, like you said, when you're tired and you're angry and you're hangry and you have nothing left to give or whatever, it's the spirit that shines that love through you, which is super, super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And it's, uh, it's also one of those things that's confusing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it, <laughs> in one, on one hand, it's the spirit. And on the other hand, well, I got to do something, don't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you have know, to walk in step. Is it just the spirit and then I just don't pay attention to anything or I don't have to make any choices or right. I don't, you know? Yeah. But you got to keep in step. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have to keep in step mm-hmm. and it's the spirit that produces it. Mm-hmm. So even when I don't want to do the thing, yeah. it's the spirit. Yeah. I, yeah. I think my favorite way to love people is, um, is I, I guess to notice them <laughs> But more specifically, to like understand them, like understand uh, what they're feeling. I think social dynamics are super fun for me. Like I love seeing what people are feeling in certain social situations, and then mm. being able to make them feel okay for feeling exactly, even if they don't say anything. That's my favorite way to love people of all time. Does that make sense? Wait, so with the example so, you just gave, so say like somebody feels uncomfortable. Right. Like in yeah, a yeah. social situation or whatever, like yeah. going in without them telling me, knowing they feel uncomfortable in this situation, making them feel super, super comfortable in that situation. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. my favorite. Cause it's like, you don't even know. I'm like scheming behind the scenes. I'm scheming to make you comfy. <laughs> oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But to be able to like recognize people, yeah. to notice people, to include people, you know, yeah. when, when you can tell like they're, I don't know, they're, they're off or they need something, right? It's that process mm. of meeting needs and then being able to do that. It's so much fun. It's awesome. And that's, that's like my favorite. That's awesome. Yeah. It's my favorite. <laughs> Which, and very specific too. Yeah. It's, it, it's a very particular way that I like, I don't know. You, you're seeing people, yeah. And it's, it's not even just, although it includes understanding the person and right. helping them feel understood or right. seen but it's specifically when they feel uncomfortable helping them feel comfortable yeah. with wh- whoever they are whatever the context is whatever right. the situation is helping them feel like they they're safe in that space or they're included like someone says a joke you know like at a yeah. table I'm just always, you're always going to, I'm always going to find it. You know what I mean? Like, or they'll say it and then someone will talk over them or something like that. And I'm like, I'll be dying at their joke. Even if I'm the only one that noticed their joke and yeah, I'll be yeah. like, that's good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's intentionally, that's a way that you intentionally uh, love somebody. Yeah. So like one of my noticing like people in crowds or whatever and being able to like in- include them in that in that space that's so much fun for that's me. awesome i love it i love it or like even when we went we went rock climbing yesterday and like uh just like watching people climb and like cheering them on like so say there's like one of our the people in our groups like on the left side of the wall or whatever like i'm looking at the wall and then like going over and being like you got it you got you know, like that's like 
recognizing somebody in a group of people and getting to do that lights up my heart it's so much fun i, I <laughs> love that awesome. stuff like seeing them smile or see them get excited or you know yeah. like make them feel noticed make them feel seen like that that stuff's amazing that stuff's yeah. amazing and then being on watch for i'm a i'm a carrier of love you know if the spirit's inside me and the spirit produces love like you are a a, a a temple of love, you know, like a carrier of love. And you get to bring that wherever you go. And that makes environments totally different. I think it changes the yeah. way you, it changes the way you live your life. You know what I mean? To be able to present that patience and that kindness, not being jealousful, boastful, proud, jealousful, <laughs> proud or rude, all those things. Being able to carry that everywhere you go, that changes yeah. the way changes the way you live. It's awesome. Yeah. Especially because I think that is easy for us to go around not looking to meet needs, but looking to get our needs met. Right. You know, we are like, our world is filled with opportunities to fill ourselves. Right. And we get into the habit and the, and we condition ourselves and our minds and even our thoughts, the thoughts that we think are mm -hmm. so often about getting what we need, yeah. you know, getting the security or safety or confidence or, or acceptance or the, you know, the approval that mm -hmm. we feel we need. And we don't think about that for the people around us mm -hmm. as much because we're focusing on our own desire for it and our need for it, which right. is a, that's a very uh, practical, understandable, and actually uh, necessary thing is that we all need to be loved and accepted. Yeah. You know, but when we get caught up of thinking about that and trying to make that happen for us, we forget to do it to other people. Yeah. And if we live in a world where everyone's trying to get their own acceptance, then no one's trying to accept anybody else. Yeah. And you, when we're surrounded by people where our, everyone's feeling like they're not accepted, like they don't belong. Mm -hmm. And if we can flip that, suddenly everybody's feeling accepted and right. like they belong because everyone's focusing on other people's needs. Yeah. We're all focusing on accepting other people, helping other people feel seen, helping them feel understood, encouraged, lifted up, confident, mm -hmm. rather than trying to get those things for ourselves. Right. And I think it comes back to what you were saying. It's what what questions are you asking in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, is it how can I get mine or is it how can I love another person? Yeah. And I think when you start asking the right questions, you start getting the answers to the rest of the questions anyway. So like, yeah. say like, what am I supposed to be focused on? It's like, or um, more than like, how am I going to provide for my needs? Jesus says, no, seek the kingdom. And you're asking the wrong question. You know what I mean? Like, how am I going to eat? How am I going to live? How am I going to survive or whatever? He's like, you're yeah. asking the wrong question. How can I best seek the kingdom right now? Yeah. And the rest will be added to you. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing in this space totally. versus how do I get my needs met? How do I find the one that's going to fill me up? How do I, you know, like, ha, 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 yeah, all those questions. It's like, those are the wrong questions, you know? And I think that's, that is the risk. I think that takes faith to do yeah. because what it's saying is if you don't focus on yourself and getting what you need you'll get what you need. And that takes faith. Right. <laughs> yes, that takes like, faith. That takes trust to, to switch the question to, how can I focus more on other people? Yeah. How can I love this person better? And in the midst of that, when you're focused on other people, you end up, as we've talked about before, the more you let go, the more you receive. The more you, you know, the more you give, the more that you receive. The more you let go of your life, the more you save it, right? Yeah. So the more that you focus on others, the more you end up filling all those spaces that you're insecure about filling in the first place, that those aren't even questions but they become satisfaction anyway yeah and in when we i think this is the beautiful thing about the christian community at its best when the church be acts like the church and lives like this when we all focus on loving each other and helping meet each other's needs mm -hmm. then no one's left trying to get their own needs met yeah that's huge you know and then our community is different and our mm -hmm. community has changed because of that mm -hmm. and if we were to do that and to step into that and the more and more and more that happens the more the kingdom of heaven is here on the earth yeah and the more the spirit of god is evident and dwelling within the believers right and the people right and that is something that is worth striving for yeah and that's that's why it's not something that you graduate from because we do mm -hmm. not have this right i don't have this right i'm 11 years in like I, i'm still i'm going there i'm i'm reaching up to it but but we have a very consumeristic mindset about church, about relationships, about people, about our lives. It's me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. And the more you focus on you, the less you'll be satisfied. Yeah. 
So Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. And so like this is not something love being the primary thing. That's the reason everything else flows from it and it needs to be the primary focus. I think Timothy, when Paul writes to Timothy, he says like the aim of all of our instruction is love. <laughs> like everything we're going after is love. Love mm-hmm. from a pure heart and a clear conscience, he says. So like genuine, pure, yeah. clear, conduit love. Like yeah. taking the love of God and ministering the love of God. Taking the love of God and ministering the love of God. Like that's the whole purpose. And, you know, it's not like we need like fresh revelation or we need like different scriptures or different translations or something like that. We just need to start with... <laughs> we need to start loving people. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we just need to get the basics, dude. Like the more that I grow in Jesus, I'm like, I don't have the basics, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I just need to be taught the same thing every single day. I need to be stirred into love and good works. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's the purpose of the body to begin with, you know? It's yes. not about getting mine. It's not about getting satisfied. It's not about, you know, whatever. It's just like, okay, how can I be loved by you better or at least receive your love better so that I can love better? I receive your love yeah. better so I can love better. Receive your love better so I can love better. And and then everybody ends up getting filled up when we have that mindset. But that is like a plague Yeah. in in it our in, in our society, but in, in our churches, everyone's coming to get not everyone. I can't make not that, everyone. Yeah, not everyone. There are genuine, but I feel like the at least a large sentiment is, "What are you doing for me?" Mm-hmm. And and then it's like, wait, that's not it. Though. That's not it. That's the that is not the question to ask. It's yeah. <laughs> wait, what? what is it? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, I don't know. I was that thinking is the quote. right question. Oh, that yeah. is the right question, <laughs> Mister. What is it? Da, da, da. I don't remember Skipper? his name. Oh, Mr. Skipper? It's an iRobot quote. Anyway. <laughs> Tony Robbins said that the quality of your life is determined by the questions you ask. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. In that so many of us go around asking low quality questions. Yeah. Wow. Asking the wrong questions. Yeah. And uh, asking questions that are going to lead to answers that mm. actually aren't helpful. Yeah. You know, even, even the, the question of what are you going to do for me? If I get the answer, is that going to, how much is that actually going to benefit me? Right. Rather than me asking questions like, how can I serve you? How Mm -hmm. can I love you? Mm -hmm. What can I do for you? Then I could do something and it's just, I don't know. It is so inverted. Right. I I think, uh, I hope this makes sense. I'm formulating it now. But like, I think I asked the wrong questions because I don't actually know what I want. Hmm. Um, and I think this has been like a recent thing for me is is being humbled to the point of it's like, oh, wait, I don't actually know what's best and I don't know what I want. Hmm. And so all of the questions that I could formulate in my mind, you've got to give me God. You know what I mean? Because like, I think I'm asking the wrong questions here. You know what I mean? Because I don't actually know what the, <laughs> what the good life is. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. And that's like a humbling thing especially 11 years in as a pastor <laughs> or I, I know what the good life is biblically and, and spiritually, but sometimes I'm, you know, drawn away from that. And I go into my own devices, my own, you know, my own yeah. ways about achieving my own questions. If I just get this, I'll be satisfied. If I do, you know, and it's subtleties. It's not like I'm doing crazy sins or something like that, but it's very subtle things of what's going to satisfy my life. What's going to feed me. What's going to, and there's this me mentality still lurking. Right. Yeah. Trying to like eating away at at different stuff. And I think that's because I'm like, God, you have to show me even what I desire. And it's these fruits right here. It's your spirit. And I think there's still something on the brink of me that's holding on to. I know what's best. I know what's best. I know what I need. And so I still will settle for those lower questions because I actually think they're true. If I just get this, I'll satisfy me. If I just have this in the world, I'll finally be happy. If I just, you know, like right, they're, yeah. they're very subtle. It's not like a huge part of my life and it definitely doesn't manifest that way too often in my life, but they're there. They're yeah. like in Colossians, it says like, get rid of the earthly things lurking in you. They're that's lurking. What, they're lurking. <laughs> like they're like, lurking yeah, they're lurking. Like that's, <laughs> that's the word that I feel is like, there's still things that are like lurking, that are biting, yeah. that are nagging, that yeah. are, you know, going after it. Um, anyway, all that to say, this is the highest goal and the highest ideal. I think it's about keeping in step and aligning yourself with that ideal yeah. to experience, oh, this is actually what I desire for my life. I actually desire a selfless life, even though I want to really get what I want. Right. Yeah. And keeping in step with the spirit is the way 
I wonder what kind of questions we would ask if we were more attentive to what God is doing and yeah. if we were more aware of what the spirit is doing, you know, if, even if we were to start with the question, God, what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or what are you doing in my life? Or what are you doing right now? What are you doing in my family? What are you right. doing in my workspace? You know, right. what are you doing over, you know, when I'm going to the store? <laughs> like, where are you and what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. How are you moving right now? Yeah. And just paying attention to the Holy Spirit. And I wonder what the questions would be. Yeah. Yeah. If we were to do that more often. Yeah. You probably wouldn't be focused on the prices of like inflation. You know, mm-hmm. if you're like, God, what are you doing in Ralph's right now? Yeah. And that's like the next second you're like, I can't believe the prices for this meat. It's like, he's like, not that. <laughs> I'm not getting you to focus on that. I'm not getting frustrated over prices. <laughs> I'm not getting frustrated over inflation. Sorry, it's just been on my mind recently. Anyway, pet peeve of mine. But but that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, what are you doing in the lives of people here? And I, I went in, I got really scared because whenever I asked the Lord, because it's a scary life. I think it's a risk taking life. Mm. when you start asking the Holy Spirit what he's doing to stay in step. It's just scary. You're like living on the edge. I like walked into Ralph's the other day. That's why I say Ralph's because like I get in and I'm like, I'm like, provide me an opportunity to love God. Oh gosh. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, that means I'm going to have to like, you're going to do it. You know, you're going to provide somebody for me to talk to or or whatever. And I actually don't remember what happened. I don't know if I ended up like chatting with anybody probably because I got too scared or whatever. And I stopped focusing on it. I'm like, no, yeah, just no, focus just on inflation. <laughs> <laughs> get angry about something. So you don't have to focus on what the Holy Spirit's doing. Cause it's scary, right? To live in that space, like that, that risky space. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I think love is also like a risk, you know? It is, especially when we talk about it being agape, agape specifically. Yeah. It is something that is given without a promise of return. Mm -hmm. It's something that requires of us, not of the other person. Yeah. You know, it's something that is, can be costly to us. It's something that, that does require us to set our own things aside Mm -hmm. in in order to consider someone else our own pain, hurt, right? Love, love covers a multitude of sins. Our, our own desires that we want to have and to get, it's like this unconditional, unearned, unearnable love. Mm. <laughs> you know, like agape is unearnable. Nobody can earn that. Yeah, It's not something that we give to someone because they deserve it. Yeah. It's not something that we take away because they no longer deserve it. Right. It is unconditional. Yeah, And that is the, the highest form of, of love and it's what god showed to us what he shows to us every day yeah it's that and thank god that he doesn't take it away when we don't deserve it you know yeah (laughs) or that it's not something that can be deserved yeah not something that can be earned and so for that to manifest in our own lives would shape our relationships uh, undoubtedly shape our relationships yeah you know it's like i can't imagine how many relationships would be different if everyone had their lives marked by agape. Jeez. You know, it's it's a a wild and and sadly a very far off feeling reality that every person yeah. would would live their life marked by agape. But the more that we can do that, the more that we can truly walk in step with the spirit, let our lives be marked by the fruits of the spirit and uh allow this love and agape to come to f- fruition or fruition, if you might say fruition <laughs> you might say <laughs> but allow this agape love to come out of our lives and be the thing that uh is first be the thing that people look at us and they say that person there's something different about them right you know this person is is very kind gracious yeah. loving but really at the heart of it is that agape the agape that comes from the spirit yeah 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 that's crazy yeah relationships would absolutely be change (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think that's why it's so important for me in my own life to grow in this area and to continue growing in this area and to make it my highest goal me too my highest achievement to like love better and better and better um because i think i love well i think there's there's definitely areas where i have old patterns of thinking you know what i mean like Mm. old you know just trying to fill aaron you know trying to satisfy aaron 
uh, that ultimately leave me empty and lead to frustration and all those things. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, you do love well. Yeah. It becomes an encouraging set. I can start crying. <laughs> Come on. Thanks, Daryl. You do love well. I think about, the, you know, a couple, um, no, I think it was this past week or the week before. I don't know why I got inspired to, to look up, you know, uh, all that Jesus went through, like mm. right before up to, up until his crucifixion and then what yeah. actually the crucifixion was and the way he was beaten and, you know, mocked and spat at and, uh, crown of thorns place in they're like you know they s- slap them and then say like prophesy which one of us slapped you you know yeah think about this if you actually believe jesus is god they didn't maybe but um but yeah i was like in my office like weeping you know like oh my gosh like what you went through and then reading about uh crucifixion and like basically the people that you know shouted hosanna when he's coming in or yelling crucify him they release a freaking murderer <laughs> to crucify jesus to crucify jesus like he's like i can release jesus or this murderer they're like release the murderer we'd rather have this innocent jesus guy die right and then he gets up there and i'm like looking up all these facts about crucifixion they're like super graphic right it's like literally the word excruciating comes from crucifixion wow like, that's how we get the word excruciating dang and uh you know how it was driven in how the nails were driven in what he was carrying you know apparently they would probably only carry the top piece of the cross because it was too expensive wood was too expensive so they would always have the bottom piece already up there and then he would have to carry the bar anyway but he's carrying it after he's heavy which would be still heavy after he's been but he's on his back after he'd been his flesh had been torn out because they used the cat of nine tails or whatever it is with the lead and the and the all that stuff and it, it would tear your flesh off like it would rip skin and muscle off oh god mm. right so i'm like jesus oh this is you went through this jeez but and then i'm like reading about uh you would die from suffocation mm-hmm. on the cross right. not from um the nails going in i guess some people maybe brought but most of them died because of suffocating yeah <clears throat> because your lungs would fill up with blood or whatever and you were hanging out so so in order to breathe you'd have to lift yourself up you'd have to pull yourself from the nails and push yourself off of the nail that was driven through both of your ankles right (laughs) which is excruciating already so then you have five times that jesus talks on the cross (laughs) wow and he's he's pushing off in order to do that he has to push off the nail in his ankles to have a breath to be able to speak and one of those breaths one of the things he says is forgive them they don't, Father, they don't know what they do. Wow. And that just got me, bro. I'm like, oh my God. Jeez, dude. What the heck? Like, one of the breaths, I, I'd be like, all of you are going to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but he, he uses like one of those excruciating pushes and breaths to mm. be able to even speak, let breathe, let alone speak, you know? Yeah. Um, to say, forgive them, you know? And talk about a, you know, I'm not trying to do an altar call right now, but what I'm what I'm saying is like that is the epitome of love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. epitome of like literally pushing through the most excruciating pain to give. Yeah. Even in his last moments on the cross to give. You know, it's that's like agape. that's agape, bro. Like that is that is not fo- all you know, just all you would be focused on is your your is your pain, pain your own suffering or even yeah. if i did forgive yeah. them in my heart i wouldn't muster up the nerve to say it <laughs> i'd be like forgive them but i'm not talking you know what i mean like i'm right. not doing it but like <gasps> forgive them father for they don't know what they're doing it's like bro wow you know and and that is agape you know what yeah. i mean like that is mm-hmm. others focus not like l- literally not loving his life unto death for the sake of like you don't know what you're doing. Be forgiven. It's like, oh gosh, wow. dude, that's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was blown away. I was weeping in my office today about that. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's good, good stuff. stuff. But that that I believe is the purest fruit of love that, if we're His children, can be produced. In our lives, you know, yeah, that a, a, same a agape. church that Revelation says, a you know, a body that doesn't love their own life unto death, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to love is to lay down one's life for 
their brother, you know, for another. And that is like, yeah, yeah, it's not loving your life, not desiring what you want. It's crazy. Yep, that's it. That is the first fruit of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Do that. So live up to that. (laughs) No, I think you let the spirit produce that in you more and more and more. Right. Yes. Let love grow more and more. So. Yeah. Right. That's another thing. These fruits, fruits grow. Yeah. Take time to grow, and they grow. And they grow. Yeah. But they grow as they stay connected and uh, healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good stuff. I'm excited to continue this conversation for sure. Um, Talking about love, which encompasses all of the fruits of the spirit, and then also talking about all these other ones: peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, Mm -hmm. gentleness. Goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. It's going to be dope. It's going to be right. amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. All of our beautiful boggies out there. Our boglodites, which apparently is a villain in Men in Black. In Men in Black, the Men destroyer Black. of planets. Men in Black 3, <laughs> the destroyer of planets, of worlds. The boglodites. Anyway, we're still going to call you boglodites. And uh, we care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to follow us, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Your Brain on God, at all of those things. Um, And we'll see you back on the next episode for part two of our Fruits of the Spirit series. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Have a wonderful life. Have a wonderful life. (laughs) Peace. Happy holidays. Wow.